Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, please gather around and grab the popcorn and your family and enjoy this fine podcast that is brought to you by the gentlemen at Controlling Quality Entertainment. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, here we are on our fifth installment of Shooting the Shits. Uh, today we have a very special guest, uh, this man I went to high school with, uh, a, lot of, a lot of great memories, we'll definitely go over some while we're here, and uh, without without any further ado, my man uh, Jello, how are you doing today, my man? Not bad, it's a pleasure to be here, thanks for having me. Of course, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, so... Now you're coming on the show, I can't help but see you have a Kobe Bryant jersey on, huh? R.I.P. R.I.P. Kobe. R.I.P. Kobe, for sure. Uh, definitely gone too soon. Um, yeah, uh, this was actually a gift from my oldest daughter for Father's Day. She, we're both diehard Lakers fans, so. Okay, okay, that's a nice gift. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I got a, I got a few things. I don't know, my kids know me fairly well. <laughs> it also helps that my wife knows me fairly well and can help. <laughs> <laughs> right, you can just tell them what to get you and then Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, you know that there are some people that actually say that Kobe Bryant is not better than LeBron James. What oh. do you say to those people? I say y'all are pitiful and you need to get off LeBron James sack. I'm just saying. Now I'm not taking away from his talent. The boy is good. The man is good. But you know, I don't you know, Kobe didn't have to chase a ring like LeBron. Well, I'm uh, <clears throat> pardon me. I'm on that side with you too. Uh, I would because I was when they talk about LeBron James against Michael Jordan. I'm like, how do we just skip Kobe? How do we just skip Kobe? Like, how is he not in this conversation? Yeah, that's uh, always been a killer for me too. Um, <clears throat> they've said how much I watched the thing on ESPN where they're talking about sports science, and this was before the whole you know because it got down towards the end of Kobe's career. And they were t- that was a stop was a who's better Kobe or LeBron? It was Team LeBron or Team Kobe, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it, they did a thing on sports science where they showed mirror images of LeBron and Jordan. I mean, not LeBron, sorry, Kobe and Jordan. And Kobe's movements were dead on Jordan's. See, and I think that if there if there is an argument to be had, it would obviously be that Kobe stole Jordan's moves, right? I mean, LeBron does have his original play. I'll give him that. It's funny seeing his uh, son's dunk, though, because they have that same that same type of dunk. Yeah, for sure. Exact same type of dunk. But uh, I mean, Jordan even said that, right? He said that Kobe would give him the hardest challenge because he stole all of his moves. <laughs> he does the same the same stuff. It was like, and I think, and I think that's why myself appreciated Kobe so much because. He reminded me of Jordan because I grew up in the Jordan era. Watching him play was a special thing. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, as a sports fan, not even a basketball fan, watching Jordan play was very special. And there really hasn't been anything like that in my personal experience when it comes to sports. Maybe Tyson. Mike Tyson, watching him fight, that was pretty special too. I mean, yeah. I mean, the man went in, I think he was like 19, 20. Yeah, he, he was just a young buck. Yeah, when he became pro and he was one hit quitting people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just laying people out. Yeah, no, that he was a monster, man. Yeah, for sure. He uh, definitely, you know, I grew up in that that Jordan, uh, Mike Tyson era. But it's also to see where where they've come, you know. uh, Jordan was able to separate from Nike and create just Jordan. And he's a billionaire just off of his shoes. 
as you know, because I know you own quite a few pair of the J's. No, nah, just one. <laughs> just, just one, just one pair. But, uh, so, <laughs> so anyways, yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that says it all right there, right? I mean, I may not know what LeBrons look like. I'm sure hella people have LeBrons because when I was surfing through the shoes one time, I saw that they charged 200 even for the kids' shoes. I was like, damn, because the Jordans are like a buck fifty for the kids' sizes. Not that I buy kids' sizes, everyone. You can chuck it up, but I'm just saying <laughs> I happen to see that. Yeah, no, I've seen it too. Um, me personally, when I look at the style of shoe and where basketball shoes have, where they were and where they're at now, uh, especially LeBron's, I, me personally, people can love LeBron shoes they want. I find that they're overpriced and ugly, in my view. Yeah, there, there's a couple that look all right. Um, the Kobe's, man, I slept on those. There's a lot of Kobe's out there that are pretty nice. And I, I was going to say, too, before I forget again, is wearing this uh, is hard because I'm a Celtics fan. And, <laughs> and, and trust me, the first finals that we met with Kobe, I loved it. Skunked him 4-2. Uh, the next one, I wasn't so much of a fan. You could, you could say that I didn't appreciate that one the same as I appreciated the first one. That's, uh, that's for sure. So wearing this... Uh, it's definitely a sign of respect for Kobe because regardless of him being a Laker and, you know, stealing our opportunity for another ring, we could have had 18, but it's fine. Um, I don't know. It's impeccable. R.I.P. Kobe. R.I.P. Kobe. Um, so obviously you're a Lakers fan. I'm a Celtics fan. That's a great rivalry. For sure. Um, Long time rivalry. There, there's, a new, <laughs> there's a new documentary on ESPN I heard about, right? One of our coworkers was telling me about that. Yeah. So I haven't seen it, but I definitely am aiming to watch it. For sure. Um, I definitely appreciate that rivalry. There's a lot of history that goes deep with those two teams. So uh, I'll definitely have to watch that. And then, um, so what, what other sports are you? I, I know that you watch football as well. And uh, I believe you're a Broncos fan. Is that correct? Yes, die hard. Whether we suck or we're good, it doesn't matter. Broncos, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. And, and just for everyone at home, I, I'm a Cowboys fan. I was a Cowboys fan since like 1989. Yeah, it shows my age. But at the same time... Uh, I also like college football, and I was also a big fan of the Miami Hurricanes. Okay. Uh, the Miami Hurricanes had a player named Warren Sapp. He got drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I kind of like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after that, too. They're basically my secondary team. Um, I think a lot of people have secondary teams. If not, whatever, I do. No, uh, I definitely have a secondary team, uh, both in basketball and in the, in the NFL. It's a little okay. more controversial in basketball because the teams are in the same division in basketball, but in football, yeah. But in football, it's uh, it's definitely different divisions, not just different divisions, but conferences. My number one is the Broncos. My number two is the is the uh, Niners. <laughs> oh, man, Niners over here. All right, Niner gang, gang, gang. All right, I see you. <clears throat> um. Yeah, it's funny because the Bucks and the Cowboys actually played each other this year. Yes. And, uh, that That's hard, man. That's hard. Uh, I would like to say that you'll go with your first team, but at the same time, you kind of want to go with who you think will have a better chance of winning the ring. Um, yeah. But uh, either way, the Cowboys the Cowboys won. They, they, they took off with this. So I don't have to worry about that too much. I do know that a lot of times people will have uh, AFC teams and then NFC team as their secondary team. But I think that's just going in and picking, kind of like, hey, I want to be a fan of another team. Um, the Buccaneers kind of just came to me. I didn't really go out and look for another team. Oh, yeah. People uh, have been dumbfounded over the years that I'm a Bronco fan because, I mean, I'm born in, I've never, I've been to Colorado, but I've never lived there. Um, I guess once you hit a certain age as a kid or teenager or whatever, 
you get to a point where you are like, okay, I'm picking what I'm, what's going to be my team. Exactly. And, you know? And so like, I also, I also grew up in the Jordan era. Um, you know, when Kobe was just the young buck that he was, you know, when he was Froby. Yeah. Yeah. Like this. <laughs> 90, 96, 97. Yeah, that's yeah, and that shows our age a little bit. <laughs> if the Cowboys in '89 didn't didn't do that, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what will. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think you know Niners for sure. I have a lot of family members that are Niners fans, but I also have a lot of family that are Raiders fans, mm. and I can't stand the Raiders. <laughs> so that's just me, me personally. Um, uh, I watched Elway win two mm. two in a row um, with the Broncos. That but, was an interesting know, era. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah. Harf. Oh yeah. Well, and it goes to show with like some of the even the players today, especially at QB, um, where you got guys that can play quarterback but can also throw baseball and play baseball. Yeah. Um, and there's been a lot of connection between quarterbacks and baseball players because Russell Wilson was one of them. Yeah. Um, Tom Brady. Tom Brady is one of them. Patrick Mahomes is one of them. There's a few of them that are out there that are either, you know, freshly retired or currently playing. Yeah. So, yeah. The, it, but I love sports. I'm a big hockey fan, too. I'm a San Jose Sharks fan. I always have. Never waver. We're garbage okay. right now, but I still love them. <laughs> the, sh- the, sh- the, the Sharks. I, I used to like the Sharks when I was a, when I was a kid, only because of their logo and they were a California team. Uh, other than that, I had no frame of reference. As far as hockey goes, I do kind of like the Avalanche for whatever reason. I think they're Colorado, right? Yeah, they're Colorado. Um, I've followed that team for a long time. They're pretty. They're pretty good. Um, My bad. Uh, who's the Wild? I like them actually as well. But I think they're from some random I place. I think they're from Canada. I want to say they're. The, oh no, that's so. There's two Canadian teams. Um, well, there's the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, but I feel like the Wild. I'm totally blanking on it right now. I thought we had got the um, computer right here in front of us because I remember watching um, one of those Stanley Cups and uh, and I believe they won, but for some reason I thought it was a Colorado, oh uh, Minnesota Wild. Okay, Is there that we correct? go. Is that NHL? Yeah. Yeah, they played the. Oh, they actually just beat the Calgary Flames three to nothing yesterday. Their record is thirty six, twenty one, and six. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure if you look up the Sharks, they're, they're garbage right now, but I still love them. They, you know, they went from being a team that was extremely good and just happening to choke, whether it's in the, you know, conference finals or the actual Stanley Cup finals, and then just somehow fell off and became kind of irrelevant. Didn't they have, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the Sharks have Wayne Gretzky? Or no, he was a king. He was an L.A. king. Huh? So he was an L.A. king. He was also a New York Ranger. Okay. And yeah, you guys got spanked by the Washington Capitals eight to three yesterday as well. Y'all are yeah. eighteen, thirty-three, and twelve. Yep, that that says it right there. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I've uh, I don't know why I've just uh, I've always been since I was a little kid. I remember having like sharks, San Jose Sharks hats and sweatshirts and shirts. <clears throat> well, like I said, their logo was awesome. As a kid. You're like, man, San Jose Sharks, that's some tight shit right there. The logo's awesome. So it's crazy with my job. Um, I've actually driven past the San Jose Sharks stadium countless times. But it's funny. Yeah. You, For a lot of people, when you look at that, unless you know, you're not going to know. You would never know that that's where the Sharks play. That is true. 
It's that, is, uh, that is very true. <laughs> yeah, you notice the, uh, I believe it's like a college, there's a college right there. And I believe you notice all that stuff first before you even notice, oh, what? wait, what is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, that place is uh, pretty impeccable. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm, I can't remember what the name of the college is, but it's right there. I mean, it's it's interesting with the way that hockey arenas kind of start out because you think of the bigger arenas, um, at least for the San Jose Sharks one. I can't I can't speak for the other ones around the league, but I know that the Sharks Stadium. It, when you look at it, you can kind of tell it goes in and then it goes down. Yeah. Um, as where other stadiums like you know Golden One where they start at the ground up and do they, they go down a little bit once you're in there, but they go up pretty high because there's a lot of seats. Yeah, yeah, it's more of like an elevated instead of pushback. So that way, I went to a concert one time and I, uh, it was the first venue I seen that was like that where they had, the, it was the Maloof Casino in Vegas. I forget what it's called. Yeah. Um, but the seats were elevated. So even the, like the nosebleed section was still only a few hundred feet from the stage. So it allows you to still see it. And, and for those of you who uh, are unaware, the Golden One Center is actually uh, where the Sacramento Kings are <coughs> and hold events and things like that. But that's their, their home stadium. Yeah, I, I go way back to when uh, Spud Webb was playing. Wow. That was the... Age again. Yeah, uh, I think that was the first time I had ever gone to a professional game. My mom actually took me because she knew how much I liked basketball. And we went to, um, well, it's nothing now, but when, when it was, um, what was it? Um, Arco, Arco, Arena. Arco Arena. Yeah, that's, um, and that was way back before the Maloos had it. And you know, saw Spud Webb play on the Kings, huh? That's pretty yeah, cool. yeah, that was uh, back. I mean, it's crazy when you see someone who's so short, especially compared to the average person out there who actually beat Jordan in the dunk contest in the, in the All-Stars. Yeah, he won the dunk contest. Maybe Dominique Wilkins in that. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. It, well, it's just so crazy to see him beat people, the, the dunkers of that era. Uh, well, we'll have to fact check that, though, because I don't believe that Michael Jordan was in that dunk contest. Let's see who competed in that. Who competed in the dunk contest with Spud Webb? Either way, that is impeccable. And it's funny that you mentioned his height because um, um, Muggsy Bokes, I believe he stands at 5'3", is the same height as me. So I'm like, geez, man. Well, do can't you imagine that. Do you remember Nate Robinson? Yeah, he won like, he actually won more dunk contests than anyone in NBA history. He won he, three. He was like, what? I'm not even sure. He was like 5'4", five, or 5'5", five, five, like something And then like he was that. like 5'6". Five, five. Yeah, he wasn't very tall. Um. Yeah, he was roughly Spud Webb's height, but I feel like, I might be wrong, but I feel like he was like an inch or two shorter than Spud Webb. Um, I remember him jumping over Spud Webb in the dunk contest. I think it was one of the ones that he won. Yeah, yeah, I believe uh, I believe that's correct. Um, so let's see. The people that were involved in the 1985-86 slam dunk contest, one which um, Spud Webb won, was Roy Hinson, Jerome Kersey, Paul Pressey, Terrence Stansbury, Terry Tyler, Spud Webb, Dominique Wilkins, and Gerald Wilkins. Wow. So that's interesting to me because I swore that Jordan was in that one, but apparently not. But 
It does, it does state that Webb dazzled the crowd with his soaring dunks and bested teammate Dominique Wilkins, who had won the 85 contest by beating Michael Jordan. So, so what years did Jordan compete in the dunk contest? That's what I'm curious of now, just to... So that would have been the 84, right? NBA's first slam dunk competition was held in 84, and I, I, I thought he won uh, in his first year. So let's see. Jordan dunk contests which i find so interesting i because i swore that he he uh played in more than one or did more than one dunk contest um, um but maybe not he did win back to back in 87 and 88 okay. wow that's that's the mandela effect right there huh? yeah I, I swore he won his rookie year dunk contest but i guess wilkins beat him in that year crazy well all all great dunkers between webb jordan and wilkins so um and the first one was held in 84, so maybe uh, maybe that's why the 84 uh, stands out so much. Well, you know, I hear 84 is a good year. Yeah, yeah it's a great year. <laughs> the best, maybe, some would say. The last great year as well, some people might also say. <laughs> and it's weird, too, because so, you have people like, uh, what's that What's that guy's name? Like, Levine? The, the digital one? That's Zach like, Levine. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we have people like him and, and other people who do these amazing dunks, right? So they're like, man, this old head Jordan is just doing these simple dunks. But when you just watch him fly, man, even to this day, you can watch these clips and you're like, man, he's just soaring. You got to appreciate the the ballerina-esque of it, I guess. Yes, for sure. Um, there was a, I don't remember his real name, but I know his and one name was the heir up there. And at the time, he was the only one that has shown, had shown that he could do a 720 dunk. And for those of you who don't know what a 720 is, it's two full rotations. Doing a 360 two times. And this dude had Jordan hops, if not more. And, uh, but he never played in the NBA, which mm. was shocking to me because I'm like, wow, this guy has an amazing scoring ability to get to the rack. Um, but I don't know if he was uncoachable or what, but the guy was a phenomenal dunker. There's a, re there's a reason why he was on the N1 team. Yeah, yeah, right. It was a, it was a different league. No no discredit to them. It was amazing. I loved watching it. Had some N1 shoes. And, uh, yeah, so the guy was actually only 6'2", um, and I'm going to murder his name, but I'm going to try my best. It is the Air Up There, or Air Up There, a.k.a. Uh, Tarian Font Fontanet. We'll leave it at that before I murder it anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, uh, he's a foreign player in the N1 mixtape and ball for real tours. Like I said, he's 6'2", weighs 185. Uh, he was born in 83, just missed the great year by one year. Um, but it, like you said, they call him Mr. 720. Yes. Yeah. From Hitchcock, Texas. Okay, yeah. Phenomenal dunker. I love the N1 League, man. It was very fun to watch. Well, um, that one guy still does stuff. Um, the professor, he does stuff yeah. with like um, Jason Williams. Have you seen that? Yes, I've seen a couple of those recently. Yeah, um, those are good. They're pretty good. You know, Finn, you can't forget J-Will, man. That's it. To see, to see someone who is iconic as a professor um, team up with who was one of the most iconic dime droppers yeah. <laughs> in the league. It was pretty cool to see them doing stuff together. No, I agree. Yeah, it was a white chocolate, they called him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is ironic because my Japanese grandmother, when I was born, 
named me that. That was my nickname. That was one of my nicknames from my family. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's because my Japanese side of the family is uh, Japanese and black. Mm -hmm. And my grandmother was Japanese, full blooded, straight out of Japan. Um, and so that's why she called me white chocolate because my mom was white. So I look whiter. I'm white. I'm more light skinned. I look more white than I am anything else. That's funny. <laughs> but, my grandma had a sense of humor, it but, sounds like. Yeah, she really did. <laughs> she really did. Well, she nicknamed me white chocolate. My little sister, who was just a little bit tanner looking than I was. So she named, nicknamed her milk chocolate. And then <laughs> I had a, and then my, uh, my youngest sister, was nicknamed strawberry chocolate because she had strawberry blonde hair mm, okay okay um was your grandmother more traditional um was she like first generation or or how did that work um as far as i know she was the first generation in the united states i believe i could be wrong okay. but as far as i know um she came over to the united states in the 60s okay. i believe she was in her 20s uh when my grand because my grandfather was stationed over there he was in the air force okay he was stationed in okinawa and that's how we met her and he decided to wife her up and have kids. And then when they moved back here, um, I don't know if she was pregnant when they moved here or got pregnant when they got here with my dad. So. Okay. Did she ever? Did she ever make any traditional Japanese dishes for you, like um, like sushi or? Yes. I don't know a lot of Japanese dishes. Like yes. Outside, so. Yes. I, no, it's okay. Uh, I sashimi? actually. Did she ever make sashimi for you? Yes. I, I I grew up on a lot of Japanese food. Um, I mean. As a little kid, I liked squid already. When mm -hmm. you know, other little kids were probably going, "Yeah, that's gross." I was like, "No, that's good." <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that till I was an adult. I tried it when I was like twelve. Not, not for me. Not for me at the time. Yeah, no. Uh, homemade sushi though is is prime. This is really good. Um, she pretty much, you know, made a mixture of food from the homeland, from Japan, and then also, you know, American food. I don't, okay. I don't know if she learned that in Japan or if she learned it when she got here, but she. Um, I always loved her cooking though. It was really good. No, that's uh, that's awesome. Not a lot of people get to experience something like that um, growing up at a young age while all your peers are just doing the basic, you know, tater tots and beans or whatever for dinner and you're over here having sashimi and squid and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. weird stuff that people have to go to restaurants for. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, it was a, a pretty versatile uh, for me growing up, uh, eating a lot of different kinds of foods and being around a lot of different kinds of people. You know, I think that that's a, that's a perfect way to lead into uh, what we're going to talk about as well, because, you know, we mentioned at the beginning of the show that we basically kind of grew up with each other. Uh, we went to high school together. We have some fond memories of, you know, shooting dice behind the, the cafeteria or the gymnasium. My apologies. That was good times. Or like we were saying earlier, shooting dice inside of class. It was very fun. Um, so with your diverse background as far as your uh, grandmother coming here from Japan um, and all that. What a better area than the area that we grew up in for such diversity? Because um, I was I was born and raised in a very, very small town. We maybe had like three ethnicities there, um, maybe four for a short period of time and then it'd go back to three or something, you know? So when I moved here, it was just amazing. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I was just like, man, there's so much more to this world than just the small little section um, that that we were in. And it was a little bit diverse for me too, because at the same time, um, my mother actually lived in Mexico for quite some time. Um, my sister um, is also Mexican. So I grew up making Mexican food, you know? We'd have the yeah. chorizo, we'd have the, the breakfast burritos and all the other, you know, kids of 
that the little small town weren't really eating things like that unless they were, you know, from that nationality. So I don't know. My point being is that something so diverse may not be accepted in some places, but the opportunity that we had to grow up in such a diverse area, it was just amazing in my opinion. And I'm sure that you probably met a lot of people with similar backgrounds or at least something relatable because of you know their grandparents coming from another country. My grandmother actually migrated over here as well during World War I, um, but I never met her, didn't really impact my life the same as yours. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy to think because they, I guess they've done studies now to, to say that, you know, to be 100% anything is uh, one race is, is almost an extinct concept. Um, yeah, we've, but you know, I, and I think that we kind of grew up in the mix in the midst of all of that happening. You know, yeah, it's. Uh, I do think we grew up in a really good time. Like I, just not touching on anything specific, but you know, I just really wish that our children got to grow up when we did. I feel like it's yeah. things are a little bit more too highly sensitive and, and whatnot for children. I think it was, you know, I was just actually watching earlier this morning from 1998 Saturday morning cartoons on YouTube. Okay, okay. Yeah. Prime. Prime. And it was just, even the commercials, it's just nuts. You're like, wow, TV was really, like, focused on kids, but not in a bad way. There was a lot of positivity. Now I feel like they, they've taken a lot of innocence out of TV. So it's kind of like... No, that's facts. I, yeah. I would agree with that statement. You, you know, even watching kid stuff, it's just like, oh, okay, well, all right, we're we're throwing that in a in a in a four year old's cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right, <laughs> sure. And the kids are way more serious nowadays about certain things, and it's. I feel like they need to be able to let loose and be kids. You're gonna make mistakes. It's gonna happen. Yeah. But I just feel like there's so much serious stuff that kids nowadays are dealing with that you're just like wow it's just it's kind of mind-blowing <laughs> it, it, it is i mean when you mention that because obviously there's going to be pros and cons to everything i mean they're probably looking at us like oh, a bunch of old heads right like i i, I wouldn't want to grow up in an era with no cell phones and all that no 4k but we had amazing opportunities to go outside and play we would go ride our bikes and have fun. During the summertime, it was all sports, baseball, football, basketball, all the, all the neighborhood kids get together. And that's what it was all about. I don't really, I don't really think that uh, kids do that these days unless their parents like put them in that. They might do organized sports here and there, but uh, whenever I see kids, they're always on their, their gadgets and stuff like that, which may or may not be a bad thing. I, I don't know. And uh, to, to touch on what you were saying about TV, I heard on a podcast, too, um, that they were speaking about how things have changed, right? And the people that are talking are even older than ourselves. And, like, basically how the television has changed. Like, you could watch, you could watch a, uh, what is it, Law and Order, the what, SVU? Is that the, the Special Victims Unit? That's yeah, one I think the, that's the rapes and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. This is mortifying. This, to think that that's on regular TV or they'll show, like, an autopsy or something, and it's like wow, this is on regular TV when stuff like that was barely on cable or whatever at that time. Yeah, no, that is, uh, that's very true. I noticed that myself. Um, there are, there's a lot of content 
whether it be language or you know violence or whatever it is that, that they may be showing like you said like I, I'm noticing P things that are rated PG-13 now that you know back in our day were rated R easy yeah <laughs> and, yeah yeah and, right that's facts um and you know then and then going back and watching movies that were rated R back then and you're going like yeah that's like PG-13 stuff now like that, that <laughs> yeah, so cheesy it's so crazy um I, I, but yeah, I, I do wish, but my wife's the same way where I'm, I think I'm a little bit more nostalgic than my, than my wife, but, uh, or maybe a lot. I don't know. Um, I just, I look back on, on how things used to be compared to how they are now. And it's, it's, uh, interesting to say the least. <laughs> yeah. Thing, things change. I'm not one to say if it's for the better or for the worse. I mean, I'm right. kind of just along for the ride at this point. I'm um, yeah. hoping that our kids have a nice world to live in and, I don't know, people get along. Yeah, that's all we need. That's all we need, man. People just need yeah. to get along. Figure it out how to get along. Put aside your differences and, and just live your life. And that, I think that when we were growing up, that's more or less how it was. And now it's gotten to the point where now it, it's like everybody's supposed to care about everybody. And it's like, I mean, I get we should be that way to an extent, but not overdo it and i feel like people are wanting people to overdo it yeah i mean we are all in this together i think i mean it's weird not to really get into too many topics but pointing out right, people's right. differences um I, in my opinion only exacerbates issues like it's good to be aware of something like yeah. that's for sure but to let it like harness all your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions i think that's where you said it gets out of control maybe a little religious at that point because yeah. um Growing up, man, I never experienced any of that type of uh, division because, like I said, man, we were in such a unique area. Like everybody got along for the most part, you know. Yeah, I mean, people. There's there's those people. There's always right. going to be those people who just dislike True. someone for their skin color or where they were born or their social status, you know, or they're poor or their parents do drugs. There's always going to be those divisions. Um, which is all silly, in my opinion. I mean, agree. Kids are going to be kids, but at the same time, like that, we don't know how that impacts someone's future. There could have been like a simple thing that someone said to a child. I mean, if you're if you're impoverished and you go to school wearing the same type of clothes all the time, and they're maybe dirty because you can't afford detergent, um, someone makes fun of you and clowns on you for that. Uh, that that can't feel good. You know, you're a child. You're seeing your family struggle. And then you're struggling, and then you get made fun of for it by someone who doesn't understand the struggle at all because they wear brand new Jordans every day that their parents buy them or whatever it be. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. Just If I had anything to say, I mean, make sure that you treat people accordingly. I mean, it's the, it's the age-old uh, statement, right? You know, treat people how you want to be treated. Well, and I, you know, for it, it's interesting to me because there's there's people who don't really know me, and, and but... I see them here and there through passing or known through other people or through work or whatever. And they make assumptions on, uh, you know, oh, you didn't grow up this way, whatever. And I'm like, no, nah, I did. I grew up in North Highlands predominantly. So, and I can't really speak for it now, even though I do have family that live out there. I don't really go out there that much because I don't have a need for it. Um, but it was rough in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. Like it, it, was, it was a rough spot. Yeah, yeah, I would, uh, I would definitely agree. It definitely built character. I mean, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and it's our struggles that define us, right? Oh, for sure. I, I mean, same thing. The people are like, oh, um, you know, you go to 
or a jersey or whatever, they might think that something you have is really nice. And so it just, um, it exceeds their ability to grasp the fact that perhaps I worked hard. Yeah. Perhaps I was like, man, I don't want to stay here. When you see your friends or your friend's family with just no ambition to, to kind of better themselves, they're just like, hey, we're our heads above uh, water. Let's just keep it that way. And me, I'm trying to get on that ship, man. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get my head above water and climb on up onto that Titanic and hopefully it don't sink, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. I 100% agree with that. You have to, um, and I think that's just one of the things that sadly have kind of, not it's not extinct, but it's going away, the, the work yourself out of where you used to be. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, I... Um, I commend my mom when I was for being for being young and being a single mom. I mean, I was basically raised by her and my grandmother for the most part once I hit a certain age. Um, and I know it wasn't easy for them me growing up in Highlands. And yeah, I was a kid. I wanted things, you know, yeah. 64 or uh, uh, Super Nintendo. Like that's it. Sorry. So my age again. I remember, <laughs> I remember when the Super Nintendo was new and, and wanting that. to <laughs> Super Mario Brothers, man. Pristine. Oh, yeah great game it was a great old school system and it's funny now that um seeing people that are actually spending quite a bit of money to get those quote-unquote retro uh games and it's yeah. weird too to see that being wow super nintendo's retro playstation playstation one is retro now it's insane uh, i remember that came out too man that was woo, ridge racer Oh. Yeah, y'all kids might think Ridge Racer was something terrible now with those graphics, but oh boy, at oh, that yeah. time? Oh yeah, we, you know, see, and that's the crazy thing, like for with being born in 1984, we're like right in the middle Yeah. between Gen X and Gen Z. Not just the fact that, you know, Gen X, Gen Y, it's, deb it's debatable for 84. I've heard like three different versions of, of that, um, but uh you know, some say we're Gen X, some say we're a micro generation, some say we're Gen, uh, we're Gen Y. Eh, whatever. It's, I've, I've looked it up and I've seen all three of those. So it's interesting. Are we not millennials? That's what's weird. So when you look it up, you're going to find things that say that we are, we're the, we're the beginning of the millennials. Then there's those that say we're the last of Gen X. And then there's those that say we are actually a micro generation because we're right there on the cusp of both. See, I do, and it's funny. I thought the generation after us, because when you looked at it, like ours, our generation and the next generation are incredibly close together. Ridiculously um, close. close. Yeah. It's like right, we're right on the line. Because everyone's having kids so young. Yeah. Um, so let's see. There's a lot of graphs here. Let me pick the one that maybe that. Let's let's just try this one. Um, this is actually from 2019. So generate, okay. oh, this is age. I'm not going to do the math on this. <laughs> uh, let's go back here. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Pardon. So gen, uh, let's just start silent. The silent generation born 1928 to 1945. The boomers, some say it might be the best generation ever. Who knows? I wouldn't <laughs> know. I wasn't there. Born from 1946 to 1964. Um, gen X is 65 to 80. And then millennials and Gen Y in parentheses is from 81 to 96. So that 15-year gap has two generations as opposed to every other generation. Yeah. Gen Z starts in 97 to 2012 and Alpha 2013 to 2025. Really quickly, um, the silent generation starts in 1928 to 1945. 
My father was born in 1925. Wow. So isn't that <laughs> that's not even a generation? Yeah, it's crazy when you go down that rabbit hole because, like I said, those three different things that I named, I didn't even know that. I was like, wait, there's a micro, we're a micro generation? Like, so yeah. it really depends. Like, so and that's, you know, one of the things with the internet, I, I don't, internet, I don't know if you want to call it a, a flaw or, or whatever, but regardless of what you look up, you're always going to find something that's either going to agree or disagree. You'll find what you want. You'll, exactly. you'll find what you want to, whatever is going to support what you think, um, because pretty much everything has two different sides to it, for the most part, as far as what I've seen, because like I said, three, there's three different opinions on that. Like that, I feel like that's insane. I've never heard of a micro generation until they were talking about our generation. Yeah. And um, I guess actually from 1901 is the greatest generation. So there is a generation for that. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, it's debatable for me. It's I feel I still think it's uh, 1984, but you know whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree too. But you've never met my father, so. No, that is that is true. <clears throat> um, yeah, I. You know, I I miss I miss how I grew up, but I definitely think that when I look at where I live now. I wouldn't want it any other way for my kids because you know there's those people out there that they get upset when you do better and you succeed. And you move forward and they're like, oh, well, you turned your back on the hood or whatever. And it's like, no, I want better, not just for myself, but I have kids. So I want better for my kids. I love my neighborhood. I love my neighborhood. Yeah. To me, it's just a, a weird mentality. I understand having pride in that type of stuff, but you got to move on. I mean, you got to, you got to better yourself. And that's, I mean, life is all about progression. Being stagnant is just like, I, I don't know, to teach their own. But yeah, I agree. I mean. You gotta, you gotta move forward. Try to, try to do your best. Yes, I hundred percent agree with that. The, um, the that whole mentality. I've never, I guess, I've never really understood that mentality because I wasn't raised that way. And even though I grew up in not the best areas as a kid, um, I still was raised. That's what I was taught. That's what I was raised. I was, I was kind of taught not to have that victim mentality that I'm not gonna say everybody has, but there are people that have that, especially a lot nowadays, regardless of where you live or what your social status is. Um, but uh, I just have never under understood that victim mentality. And that's not what I teach my kids, you know? And um, I teach them that nobody's better than anybody, you know, that, and you, you have to look at it like that. You can't go life thinking that you know more or not necessarily that, just thinking you're better than somebody, regardless of what your social standing is. Financially, you might have something more than someone else or you might have less. But, you know, I think it's unfortunate because obviously throughout my life, I've met both people. I've met people from both sides. I've met people who have money that are some of the most kindest, generous people in the world. And as long as I've known them, they've always had money. But I've also met people that were broke for majority of the time that I've known them and they have a bad attitude. But again, I've met from all sides. Like I've met people from the hood who didn't have anything that were super nice and I've met people that were rich that were So teach their own, like you said, I guess it just depends on the person. Yeah, and I mean, a couple of things related to that. So, I mean, first first off, um, we're mentioning people who are disliking things that you have or whatever, because it's a lot easier to blame everybody else, right? Or And it's also it's also easier to, to hate on someone for having something than it is to go out and get what that person has. Like, I could sit here and be like, man, 
uh, fuck this Bill Gates guy, right? He's got some, and, and nothing against Bill Gates. It's just the first like rich person. Probably, you can say fuck Jeff Bezos, whatever yeah. rich person, right? Fuck yeah. Elon Musk. That guy, hell of money. He don't deserve that shit. That that takes no energy like out of him, right? But it takes a lot of energy out of me. And that same energy that I'm using to hate on this man, maybe I could bust out some schematics for a fucking electric vehicle or, or something like that. Something that I could use my energy into uh, being better. And then, and then also, um, we talk a lot about our, our upbringing and like my, my child, right? And your child, like there's parts of that lifestyle, like I don't want them to have it hella easy, right? Because right. I know that that's not going to be good for them because they're going to be prone to disappointment and, and let down really easily. So I, I want them to have the best life possible. And I do want them to have some of those experiences. But do I want them to have all those experiences? Because I'm like, man... The drugs, the gangs, the violence out there. Like, she might just be walking to school, man, and who knows what kind of predators out there. That could happen in every neighborhood, um, but it's just things like that. Like, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's like you want them to grow up like you did, but you also don't. You kind of want them to have the same character that you had, but better. And I think that leads back to what we were saying as well. Life is full of progression. You want to progress yourself, and you want to grow and mature and you want to rub that off onto your children because you don't want, in my opinion, I don't want my child to like be in a position that I'm in and be satisfied. I want her to be like, I love my father. I love my mother. They worked really hard for what we have. And I want to work even harder and provide my child with even more. And to me, I, I think that that's the end game for, you know, for, for all that raising children, the progression of life. Yeah, totally. I uh, I think that, I mean, everybody's different, but for for me, I I completely agree with you on that. Like, I just think that I think everybody should have that mentality with teaching their kids. I think the unfortunate thing is nowadays, especially nowadays, you got so many people, so many parents that are. I mean, you want to instill certain things in your children. Um, I think where it's conflicting though is that you know you got to think. You know, not everybody's meant to have kids that has kids, you know, and so I've just seen some very eye opening things like videos, like I guess things that I or I kind of knew was happening, but it was just a shock to see. And I'm just like, wow, parents are exposing to their four year old to certain things. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> I'm like, why are they watching that? Why are they at this place? Like, it, it's. It's crazy to me because we grew up in the era, like, I remember smoking in non-smoking sections in restaurants, yeah, okay? Right, right. I remember when it was legal to hop in the back of somebody's pickup and drive wherever yeah. without a seatbelt, you know, not even a helmet, you know? So there, there's so many things that were different. Like, I mean, I had, I grew up around family that did and didn't smoke in their house. I remember being like four or five years old and sitting there with one of my family members that's, you know, an adult sitting there smoking a cigarette with an ashtray on the coffee table. And, you know, you think back on, the, on that now, you're like, well, that was horrible. But, but that doesn't take away from the fact that those people that were raising me were still good people. They made, that was a huge mistake that they shouldn't have done. But, you know, you learn, right? You live, you learn. And um, I, I just feel that people are instilling, starting to instill the wrong things in their children, as opposed to like the basic things that I feel like are pretty basic or should be basic for humanity. You know, we used to, we used to always say, you know, what was it? Um, you know, 
common knowledge or whatever mm -hmm. and it's like it's not common anymore yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and and unfortunately for whatever reason it's been bred out of or uh, not completely but because i'm really shocked because i have friends that are my age that have kids that are around my age that have kids that are in high school and kids that are not freshly in college and these kids that i'm like wow you're a breath of fresh air and i you give you've kind of renewed my hope in the future <laughs> because of how smart these kids are yeah i mean and that's the thing too they have the benefit like we didn't have all the access to stuff like they have now you know what i mean that cell phone the unlimited knowledge but you have to take it with a grain of salt because again you know like you said you'll find what you want to find so you have to have an open mind and do your research and make sure that you're looking up credible things like that right i had a debate with somebody about something the other day and, uh, they were like oh well i found this actually that says this about uh, that says whatever about what you were talking about and it actually like goes against what you were saying and i was like mm, okay that's what I, I get it you will find that but that doesn't change the fact that you will find the other side of the narrative yeah and it just depends on what you believe or you don't know what to believe and you pick the most plausible thing in your mind <laughs> you know that seems reasonable yeah, and I mean, it does kind of seem like it does kind of seem like the kids' uh, innocence is getting ripped away. Everything is so involved in social media. That's a, that's one thing for sure. I would have an opinion on. I don't think that's the best for kids. You're so concerned about a fictional fantasy land when you have the great wide open right in front of you, and uh, yeah, just I think that holds them back. But it's kind of so. It, it's like is is a is a it's very difficult when you put it into a larger picture because. In my opinion, if you're going to create a society or a group of people, let me, let me reiterate. So have you seen the movie Soldier where the kids grow up and they're taught to be soldiers? They're like children and it shows two, like the kids basically fight to the death. They watch like brutal things happen. So they're just like immune to violence. Um, you know, it sounds super familiar, but. I'm not going to say I don't remember if I've seen it or not, Okay. Um, but it does sound familiar. But Well, that, that's, that's basically the plot. So they're just raising a group of soldiers from adolescence. They're just, they're just children, and they're, they're raising them for that purpose. Not saying that that's what's going on, but in a comparison, if you're going to want uh, people to function in a certain way, like um, you're basically making children immune to things that we would have never imagined seeing like the brutal shit that's on tv or uh cell phone access to porn right like yeah. if you were gonna watch porn you'd have to like wait till your parents left find your stash and <laughs> yeah, yeah hurry up and hope they don't come back in you know like now it's just like just go take a shit and pop, pop, pop. there it is yeah like it's just making kids immune and I don't know again if it's for good or the bad. I, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously that probably is for the That's bad. That's probably but... <laughs> but you know what I mean. Um, man, man, Jello, we could go for hours. Um, Easy. Yeah, I think I think we'll call this one. Maybe uh, you know, smoke or get some water or something, and then uh, hopefully we'll have you back on soon, and we'll maybe do an interview of your profession. I know you have a lot of interesting stories as a security guard. I'll probably have a few. <laughs> a couple. A couple. <laughs> All right, brother. It was a pleasure, man. Thank you for coming, and you have a great rest of your day. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye.